Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And across the country this week, New Zealand's student population will be returning to study and moving out of their flats, buying furniture from Kmart or... Trade me and putting up posters on the walls, using blue tech because you're too scared to put in pins and finding out just how bad the mold situation is. But some of them had to earn these flats, uh, and that's by more than just paying the bond. It's through initiations. These range uh, all over the place, really, from being pelted with eggs uh, to being given creative buzz cuts, being made to vomit on one another. And darker still, they are a Dunedin tradition dating back decades. And Fox Meyer, who is the former editor of Otago University's student magazine critic, Te Arohi, joins me now to chat a bit about them. Kia ora. Hey, good evening. So, Fox, you've been amongst these initiations. I don't know how possible it is to paint a picture of a typical flat initiation, but what are some of the characteristics that you do see across flat initiations in Dunedin? <laughs> well, I think paint is a funny word to use there. Um, we can talk about painting the fence, which was a, a good example of one of them because vomit is pretty ubiquitous in these, but you know, being made to drink a bunch of uh, dyed fluids and then vomit onto a fence and whoever had painted their section of the fence first won that that round of that game Mm -hmm. so i think you know usually they're group-based activities that are squeezed into a couple hours of heavy drinking and usually vomiting and they're very public events as well people uh, attend them from 10 a.m or 2 p.m or whatever time they're held and some parts of them are in secret but by and large it's a it's made to be a spectacle yeah the public humiliation and uh reveling in the misery of others seems to be a, a key point of this um, peculiar spectator sport, Fox. Yeah, I think the the degradation aspect is is really integral. I think to understanding the whole phenomenon because you know it, it's understandably it's pretty kind of fun to talk about, right? And like it's a it's an interesting topic. But when you look at it and you think about well, why are people saying that they're enjoying this and and saying that this is a tradition, which it in a way isn't. We can talk about that if you want, but. Mm-hmm. You know, I think part of it's just the fact that if you went through this harrowing experience, if you were to then say, okay, we're going to stop this tradition next year, it would kind of mean that you did it for nothing. You know, and I think that's in a way for a lot of these people scarier than the idea of just hunkering down and taking it for an hour or two. Right. So the whole, I went through this and I hated it, but still you must go through this because I went through it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it, it's, it's, not, it's not like one person can stand up to that and say, okay, we're not going to do it. Because if one person backs out of an initiation ritual, then everyone else gets punished. So you'd have to have an entire flat of people all doing it at once and thereby cutting their social ties to the rest of North Dunedin. I mean, it'd be a really monumental thing to ask an 18 or 19 year old. You know, like I, I can't imagine myself at that age being able to stand up to that sort of thing. 
let's talk a bit about the carrot that um, people endure these things for, which um, tend to be houses, you know, f- student flats. And I guess the the interesting thing about this is these are definitely not the nicest places on the market, are they? <laughs> I think that's the understatement of the year. I mean, yeah, it's like the, gosh, I don't know which kitchen situation would be worse, like the countdown rat scenario in South Dunedin or some of the North Dunedin flats. I imagine on par. quite a few flats in North Dunedin would have uh, rats in them um, in the kitchen yeah, area. Was, I there, would not be at all surprised. There was one that had a one that had a pet possum for a while that oh, kept yeah. in the shower, but nobody knows what happened to that. So, <laughs> so I mean, does it kind of does it baffle you that people, you know, not only that these elaborate rituals designed to publicly humiliate people are so enthusiastically partaking in, but that the reward for them is often just some dingy, mouldy, um, badly kept up, often very overpriced house whose one selling point is that it's 30 seconds away from campus, which actually often can be sort of a backhanded thing. Well, yeah, but I think I think that's in a way the same psychology as the initiation. It, it's not only like, look at this initiation that I can go through and, and prove my mettle with it, but then also look at this year that I can spend in basically a prolonged form of that same sort of you know, self-flagellation just to prove something. And like, I don't think anybody really can put their finger on what that thing is. I think it's just because everyone else did it. I also have to do it because not only like, you know, everybody else is jumping off a bridge. So show should I, but if I don't do it, then I'm basically saying that they're stupid for doing it. Well, I mean, so it's it's, a, I think it's all the same. It's a bonding thing too, though, right? Like, I, I mean, you, I, you, you've you've got an American accent there, there, Fox. And, you know, I've seen Friday Night Lights. Um, those American football teams, they go through, you know, they get put through hell sometimes. Um, and, and a lot of those, those players talk about the um, fraternal relationship that does spring up when you've been through adversity side by side with somebody. Um, although I suppose looking at that American example, oftentimes those do get pushed uh, so far that occasionally, I mean, people don't. Do, do you see any parallels between the hazing and initiation culture in Dunedin and American sort of frat culture? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think there's some obvious parallels there. I think the, op- the clear one is that it is a hazing ritual into a thing that you will be living in. And I think it pretty much immediately splits from there. You know, on one hand, a fraternity has like a nice house, usually with like a cleaner or whatever. And, mm. you know, as you said earlier, you're living in a North Dunedin flat that hasn't had clean floors in a hundred years. So you're not really getting the same thing out of it. Second of all, you know, if you're in a fraternity, a Greek, whatever, you're in like a national organization after graduate, after graduation, you know, like there's connections and jobs that can come out of that. You don't get that out of this. There's not really the same payoff. That being said, either way, A, there's better ways to go through adversity and bond. You know, I'm sure that's important, but there's better ways to do it. And B, yeah, there are similarities, but I think at their core, you know, like we don't look at American Greek life and go, wow, hey, that's the coolest thing ever. I bet that's the only way that you could possibly make friends. And if that is how you're looking at it, I feel like maybe you should reconsider your own social spheres. You you talked earlier about... um the tradition, air quotes, tradition of initiations, perhaps casting aspersions on whether these are in fact tradition. Go into that a bit more for me, if you would. Yeah, sure. So this is something that I really was looking into for my last article, because 
you know, everybody says it's tradition. It keeps getting brought up, but we didn't really think that was true because, you know, a lot of the, you know, quote unquote, older folks we've been talking to, like what, 35, whatever, they didn't really know about flat initiation. So I think the, where these two things diverge is that there is a tradition of hazing because there's a tradition of hazing at most, you know, former colonial, whatever societies like in the States there's there, it's here, it's in the UK still, but it was very much hall based from day one here and in Australia for years and years and years and years and years clean through to about the eighties, I think. And then the university code of conduct kicked in because there was some scrutiny and that forced halls to really police what was going on in terms of hazing. And so what I think has happened after that is that it's sort of in a way like metastasized, like it got kind of pushed out of that environment and needed to take root somewhere else. And I think it found root in uh, second year flats, which is what we're seeing now because hall hazing is first year and now it's a second year thing. So I, I guess it's tradition in the sense that this has been happening for a while, but the setting is very different. And I think the setting is very important when it comes to flat-based initiations. The initiations, they can be quite sort of lighthearted, can't they? And, and sort of um, funny and, and, cre- and, and creative, I suppose, in their, in their c- conception. I mean, do you think that initiations are just a bad thing full stop? Or is it more when the initiations lose any sense of limit and control or when um, coercion or violence comes into play? Well, I mean, yeah, I think obviously it's bad when violence comes into play. Like, you know, I agree with what you said earlier. Like, it, it is a group bonding activity. I completely agree with that. You know, you go through something like this, you're going to have a pretty strong bond with those people. I think that the danger of this type of initiation is A, that it's, uh, you know, one-upsmanship is a thing. Like every year it gets a little bit worse than the year before that. And that's something that students that have been through this have, you know, told me to my face as if, you know, it was a, a novel idea. But I think the really insidious part of this is that because it's now moved to flats, there is really no regulation on what's going on. Like it was bad when it was in halls, but at least theoretically, there was a person who could be accountable in administration to talk to about this. And now that is completely out the window. And I suppose it puts the university in a tricky position too, because, you know, these are adults that we're talking about. These are 19, 20 year olds. Um, They are living in private domiciles. Uh, They might be enrolled at the university, but the university doesn't want to be seen to be cracking down on the liberties of what are, you know, grown up, uh, legal adult humans. Oh, yeah, 100 percent. You know, I, I feel kind of bad for them because I know that the university is doing pretty much all that they can to tackle this. Like the proctor is is doing everything he can. I know he, he does through several steps every year and you can read about him online if you want to. But, you know, if they start to draw that line of, hey, we can punish you for what you choose to do in your own place and time, then, you know, where does that line stop? And yeah, it's a really dangerous line to cross. But at the same time, what are you going to do when? You literally walk down Castle Street in exam season and you see initiations in broad daylight. You know, like how how are you meant to turn a blind eye to that as the only real bastion left of protection against these students other than some sort of greater social sense of what's okay and what's not? I've just got a couple of texts in, folks. Um, someone saying this is just another name for bullying, isn't it? And another saying these things are not right. They go hand in hand with Bucks Nights and so on and so forth. Uh, it's no good for hearts, livers, or brains. What if someone actually dies? What then? And I guess that's the that's the mm. 
the question sort of hovering over all of this, isn't it? Is there are often temptations to one up when it comes to d- displays of macho-ness and extremity, and um, yeah, I mean, yeah, you hope you need obviously you don't you hope that you don't get there, but it's got to it's got to be a fear for the university and for the people who are doing it as well, I suppose. It's it's a fear that has been told to my face by at least two people that have been in it with with smiles on their faces saying that they thought they were going to die at some point, like it was a joke. You know, and I think you said earlier, like this happens in American Greek life, people die. And I think, look at that like a numbers game. How many people are hazed into Greek life in the States every year? And how many people are hazed into Dunedin Flats every year? At some point, that number in Dunedin is going to click up to get your first one. And it's been happening in the States for a long time with more people. So they've had more time to get that first one. Mm -hmm. And it's just a matter of time. That being said, I guess this is relitigating what we said before, but I've got another email from someone saying, I wonder where we draw the line. Take, for example, the group of young men who were excluded from study at Otago for urinating on one another in their backyard. They were only found out because of university-owned CCTV capturing it, and although that exclusion was later reversed, it begs the question about the limits of the university authority. It is private property. These are private citizens. This would be considered a private act if it weren't for those video cameras but i guess that doesn't take us any further down the route does it it just sort of goes over that tricky position that the university finds itself in yeah totally i mean that's a that's a whole nother really interesting conversation about all those cctv cameras like every square inch of dunedin pretty much you can't man you can't piss on a friend without getting caught these days it's crazy <laughs> you know but it, i guess it's, it's just a question of whether or not malice is involved like if you really want to do that like that's what you and your friends are into go for it. You know, why not? But like, as soon as you start putting checks on that in which in that it's like, Hey, if you want to be in our group, you have to do this. And also you have to do it in front of a hundred people who might be recording you and you're going to be blackout drunk. And also you're going to drink my vomit. I feel like at that point you're kind of coercing somebody into something to mm. put it lightly. So, you know, it, it's just, it, it, that's the line. You know, if you want to do crazy gross stuff with your friends, do it, but don't make them do it in order to be your friend. I feel like that's, that's not that's not setting you up for success, Fox. Uh, just quickly at the end, I mean, where have you, you know, you you edited critic for a couple of years. Uh, you must have seen and heard some some stories that would send shivers down the spines of um, s- some of us. Where have you come to stand on the issue of initiations? Have you um, become more uh, fervent on it w- with age and wisdom? I think, I think the more I've looked into this, the more really, oh gosh, I don't know, like kind of scared about it. I get because the more, the more I look into it, the more I realize how deep this bit of our psyche really goes. Like this is not like, you can look at this like an isolated phenomenon, but it really is not. It's indicative of a much deeper problem culturally about how we interact with alcohol and how we interact with social norms and machismo and performative suffering and self-flagellation. Like this is all part of a much broader, I think, chink in the armor of our national psyche that we really need to address. But, you know, if this is how it's going to, if this is what's going to push us to do that, then so be it. But I think we should address it before somebody gets really hurt. Fox Meyer, really nice chatting to you tonight. Thanks very much. Thank you very much. That is Fox Meyer. Fox is a writer and the former editor of Otago University student magazine critic Te Arohi. 
and he has a couple of pieces actually about flat initiations on the spin-off website as well. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hulu.